Hi and welcome back to the Art Bystander. My name is Olaf Lip Kretschmar and in this, uh, I would say, special episode, uh, I'm very excited to have two guests with me. Sami Liu from the Tabula Rasa Gallery based in Beijing, China, London, UK, and Gunja Nowik um, of the Gunja Nowik Gallery uh, based in Poland. And the reason I, I have these uh, amazing galleries on the show is basically that um, in Stockholm, very soon, uh, mid-November, there will be an amazing group show opening. It's called the CMA or Contemporary Myths and Artifacts. It's a project that was initiated uh, by Kulis Gallery and Double Space. Uh, and I must say supported by Castellum, the, um, uh, the, the, the property company. And it basically brings together a group of international galleries uh, and 24 artists to exhibit in this amazing historical setting uh, that is called Stockholm Stads Gaswerk, or in, in English, the Stockholm City Gas House. And uh, the exhibition uh, will focus on contemporary artists uh, <clears throat> that uh, also using the traditions of storytelling, myth-making, and the artifact as tools to address current issues ranging from human relationships, digital technologies, AI, ecological questions, and more. So in addition to uh, the mentioned uh, Tabula Rasa Gallery, Gunja Nove Gallery, Kulis Gallery, Andrzej Szybczenko, there is also Pictogram Gallery from Poland. So quite a long intro, Sam and Gunja, but hey, welcome to the show. Hello, hi, um, thanks for having me. <laughs> Hello, hi. So um, I'm obviously curious um, how both of you got in contact with, um, I think it's, I mean, Philip and Jeanette who initially took this uh, kind of uh, project uh, to their heart. So can you tell me, how, how, how do you know Philip and Jeanette? Um, actually, I met um, Philip uh, recently in Warsaw. During the art fair um, we are organizing here, I'm one of the co-organizers, uh, Hotel Warszawa Art Fair. And they came to Warsaw um, before they reached me out by email, but I never met them before, like personally, uh, in, in real, <clears throat> let's say. And then um, they came to the performance I was having in the gallery. And then we met and we discussed this participation. So, and I immediately kind of say yes, because I, I really enjoyed this uh, invitation. Mm. And, and Sami, before we, we get to your kind of story here, Gunja, um, you, you run a gallery in Warsaw, Poland. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this gallery? Um, it's quite a young gallery. Uh, this is our uh, third year. We we uh, we just started because we celebrated in July the second anniversary. But uh, I've been around for for some longer time. I've been running a different gallery before, and my story is really like a, I, I'm saying this openly: the story of uh, female like women emancipation. I, I've been running a different gallery with a partner before. And during the pandemic, I came to this moment that I realized that I have to take my own path. And uh, and this is how the gallery with my own name was born during the pandemic. So this is like this typical <laughs> pandemic story of changing your life a bit, right? Mm. So, and, and we opened the gallery in July 2021. 
That's great, Egunia. And let's get back to, to a bit more about the, the Polish art scene as well in a bit. But Sami, um, <clears throat> how did you get in contact with Philippe and Jeanette? Yeah, I have to say I haven't really spoke to them personally just because I was kind of on my maternity leave before. Um, but in June, I think they um, they got in contact with my colleague during uh, Art Basel because we participated in another fair called Lister Basel. And that's how mm. they got to know about my program and then the artist we are showing, uh, which is an installation artist, Tant Jung, who is also going to show in the group show um, in next week. So mm. that's how that's how like everything started it. And also maybe just introduce a little bit about my gallery. We like I started in 2015, so it was mm -hmm. eight years ago in Beijing. Um, and I came from like a, before that I was an art journalist, and that's why I always have passion. Um, in you know uh, media so I still host my own podcast uh, but mm -hmm. that is like an art book review podcast and um, and for my gallery program basically we support um, young emerging um, artists who come from China and in 2020 I well it's a personal decision that I decided to move to London and that's why I have like a second branch in London and my plan was to kind of bridge, you know, between China and UK and try to promote and showcase as much, you know, young and emerging Chinese artists as possible in London. That was a plan. But then COVID got hit and then mm -hmm. um, a lot of things have changed. Um, but still, now um, I started to represent artists who is based in, um, in, in Europe and I showcase them in China. So another bridging there as well. Hmm. Thanks for, for that, Sami. And, and of course, um, I'm also curious then to understand um, why did you uh, want to do this show in Stockholm? And have you exhibited anything in Stockholm before? Or what is your, let's say, connection or no, no connection to the Scandinavian art scene? Not at all. So I have no connection. That's why mm -hmm. I'm quite quite happy and eager to to do the show um, because we are open to a lot of uh, possibility and and hope to get to know the scene in in Scandinavian countries yeah mm -hmm. and what about you Gunya um, any uh, past experience of the Scandinavian art scene um, actually one of my employees who is going to represent the gallery during the, this uh, event, uh, this exhibition, uh, she used to study in, uh, in Stockholm. So for her, it's like coming back uh, like second home, let's say. So she's, she's really excited. But my personal connection, um, one of my best friends is a, is a quite famous, uh, I think, um, Swedish artist and uh, and through that, we through through this friendship, I kind of uh, know a little bit about the the art scene in Sweden. So obviously, you need to mention who that is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's. Very, I'm sure he's going to listen to that soon. It's Andreas Eriksson, okay. the painter. Yes, very very talented yeah. painter. Uh, one of my favorite yeah. painters. Uh, in, yes. <laughs> so um, a, a great friend then of yours. Um, okay, so about next week. So. Uh, this group show that we uh, kind of mentioned in the introduction, it, it involves 24 artists, um, five galleries, and it's in this amazing uh, space in central Stockholm on Torsgatan. What will you both bring then to Sweden? 
Well, so um, I'm taking three artists. One, so it kind of represents the three artists actually represent my uh, my program in a way. Uh, one of them is a digital artist called Adiao. So he is he's a Chinese artist who lives in Berlin, but I, I would I would say he lives on the internet. He is one of the first um, uh, well-known um, Chinese digital artists in the world, um, and his practice is 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 very interesting. Um, because he started it, well, even he's only, he's almost nearly 40 years old, but he started his career young, and he is the first generation, we call them screen generation, which is mm -hmm. the first generation that use purely and only digital tools to create art in China. Um, and uh, at the same time, he's very, he's a activist. Um, his work is very political, but probably will go um, after maybe in, in future, well, in later on, I can introduce if there's a time. Um, so that's him. And also we have installation artists, which I just mentioned in Lister Basel. We do the solo presentation. It's a women artist mm. called Tent. And she just used, yeah, she just used uh, the daily object and ready-made um, object and do the assemblage that is is absolutely beautiful and fit the kind of the theme of the um, the myth and artifact in the in the show um, and another painter uh, also a, a, a Chinese British artist um, called Xiao Han Qiu she is a poet and also a painter she draw the the, the most kind of absurd and sweet scenes um, um, you know a, a, a very painterly painter I would say mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's just very brief introduction to the three artists and bringing. Thanks, Sami. Let's <clears throat> get back a bit more, um, kind of try to uh, understand a bit more about the Chinese art scene. But before that, Gunia, um, what will you bring then to Stockholm next week? Um, <clears throat> we're actually bringing two artists, two female artists uh, I'm working with. Uh, Isa Tarasevich, a sculptor and the painter Agata Bugatska. And it's kind of like dual presentation, which is uh, um, a first step, like an introduction to the show, a dual show, which we are having in the gallery in December. So I'm very happy to show those artists together as a preview, let's say, of it in, in Sweden. And Isa Tarasevich is a sculptor, very interesting sculptor, who is uh, who research is based on this kind of systems and connections of elements in the space, like her, her uh, sculptures are kind of like uh, drawings in three-dimensional uh, sketches, drawings, charts, and charts of relations. And the same um, you can see in the, in the practice of Agata Bugatska. Uh, she uh, comes from figuration, but during the time her, um, her uh, language of painting became increasingly abstract but she's still speaking in her painting about relationship but uh, you can understand them broadly not only the relationship with people but uh, relationship in political and uh, social context so we also thought this uh, this very beautiful dialogue will totally fit the the concept of the theme of the exhibition mm. so my my reflection is that both of you are active in the art industry in in um... I mean, at least originally for you, some in, in, in countries that also have the need 
for art to be at the forefront of free speech, democracy, and 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 to you know um, it 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 uh, plays a, an important role in democracies. Uh, art is really um, an expression of freedom, and uh, you also through your presentations of what you will bring to Stockholm next week express that. Um, that is also part of your program in a way and, and, and your agenda. Um, so obviously Poland and, and China are two very different countries. But if we try to expand without you know going too deep into this subject, um, Gunja, if you can start, what do you think art plays, uh, what role does art play um, in, in Poland at the moment? and? You know, uh, since uh, eight years, we had this uh, right wing in power, as you as you probably heard recently, mm-hmm. we had like one week and a half uh, the election and finally we kind of broke through and we are coming back to democratic, uh, democratic uh, way uh, and democratic way, like path of the country. So, um yeah, this uh, eight years were kind of a, like a dark, dark years in the Polish history after the transformation of the political system after the 1989. And, uh, you know, the sh- showing like queer art or something like uh, politically engaged uh, was quite uh, difficult. And some of the heads of institutions uh, were fired and replaced with the right wing mm-hmm. uh uh, people, so it was quite tough. Um, I don't know how you can compare it to, to to the Chinese situation, but in a way there is something similar. Um, so uh, the private galleries, for example, they became this uh, place of uh, free freedom and uh, the the places when you could uh, speak openly about the things which you couldn't speak in the, in the, in the institutions in a way. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think in this political system, uh, art was uh, still kind of like uh, something which makes us, how to say, uh, empowers, empowered us to, to fight, uh, to fight this uh, dark uh, times, let's say. Mm. Thank you with, for sharing. With women, that. of course, with women, uh, you know, like uh, all the all this women rights and abortion law, which was introduced, and not talking about LGBT people. So, but now we're back on, let's say, back on good track. Yeah, and congratulations to the um, to the recent uh, change uh, coming through the election, as you mentioned a week and a half ago. But obviously. It, um, the past eight years will not be erased in a second, right? So um, I, I guess I guess that uh, society in itself is also quite polarized and divided, uh, and and obviously then art plays an even more important role to to allow people to express themselves freely and 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 also to express maybe uh, let's say a, a, a wide variety of opinions and views through art. Um, and I guess uh, Sami, China is, is, is a very different context, much more maybe complicated in a way. Um, so what role do you think that Tabula Rasa can play in this? Um, oh my God, it's such a complex topic <laughs> and I don't even know where to start. Um, at least Poland, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I mean, for China, we are in the dark, dark tunnel right now and we don't see any hope at the mm-hmm. end 
yet um, and actually everything is just getting harder and harder to exhibit it um, in China at the moment um, because my gallery program I have um, a lot of artists who is not only just very political but they have to um, self-exile themselves mm-hmm. um, to other countries but that's another story um, just for things that nobody knows um, the problem is uh, why a certain works has need to be censored. Um, there's no guideline. So in China, when we exhibit, we have to self-censor. And um, I guess as a gallerist, you just know um, what is not allowed. And you, Can you, you give kind us of know there's a blur. Can you give us examples so, of what would not be allowed? Because it's hard for, of, for of me course. to understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. First of all, nudity, um, violence. Um, that's the obvious one and mm-hmm. no um, criticism to the political party um, and that's for sure that's the three things that everyone mm-hmm. knows about and there's a lot of things that is blurred that we have no idea why um, so for example video arts at the moment is, is very difficult to to exhibit um, um, because you have to go through the censorship group um, so we have to report we have to submit um, everything we need to exhibit uh, to exhibition beforehand. Um, there's a committee, basically, a censorship uh, group committee that they need to censor your works beforehand. And once they said yes, then uh, you are allowed to open, but they will come again at the opening to make sure um, nothing nothing more is showing there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's very complicated. Um, but I have to say, to show video arts is, uh, is, is a bit difficult. And, and, you know, next week, I know, because uh, I'm now going to Stockholm myself, I have to go uh, fly back to, to China because it's the art season in Shanghai. Mm. Um, and um, all of us, including all the foreign gallery, all the participants of the art fair, have to submit um, a list of work that we're going to exhibit two months earlier. Mm-hmm. I think maybe at least 30 days earlier. Um, to make sure, you know, nothing goes wrong. But Sami, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm asking these naive questions, um, but it's, I guess, also, I mean, for my own curiosity, but also for listeners out there that don't really understand the mechanisms in China when it comes to art. So you are, as you said, uh, currently living in London. Uh, And you are obviously in this conversation expressing yourself quite freely about your view on on this on the system. Um, Does that uh, impose a risk for you personally? Like you said, you're now traveling to back to China to 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 take um, participate in in art um, activities. How much can you stretch your views in a conversation like this without it being a risk for you personally? I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, but um, right now I think I'm, I'm okay. I'm not sure. I can't say definite answer to that mm. yet. This is why I bring this, uh, bring up this topic because in, in a lot of conversations I'm having at the moment, and I, and I guess it's also a consequence of having the war in Ukraine and now the, <clears throat> you could even call it a war now in, 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 with Israel taking place in, in, in Palestine. Um, 
there's a lot of discussions about the role of art uh, uh, in, in democracies and the role art plays in, as a symbol of free speech. And I think, Gunja, you mentioned um, that you've, you've gone through eight dark years and, and, and that um, the kind of art system was uh, dismounted in, in various ways. And this is typically what happens uh, when a country or a political system is changing from democracy to something else that you start by dismounting culture and art and, and, and uh, because that typically is uh, the, 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 let's say, symbolically the easiest, fastest way to impose uh, a doctrine, right? Um, so Gunja, do you think that these past eight years have or will have a long-term impact or is it you know uh, yeah. paradoxically um there's a paradox because the last eight years in poland were the strongest for the art scene mm. it made us uh, uh, stronger in this in these times and a lot of new galleries uh, were founded uh, the art market uh, got very uh, like increased uh, uh, emerged uh, um, so the art scene, um, they, they were, the, as you said, dismounted the, mostly the institutions. Mm -hmm. So we were losing one institution after another, but uh, it kind of moved to this private sector in a way, uh, which became like, a, it sounds very pathetic, but it took the role of institutions in a way for this uh, period of time. So, of course, it will take time to come back what we lost, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm very optimistic in this way. And talking about the politics and how we can change them, I think the case of Poland kind of shown other countries that it's possible, you know, uh, to, to, to change the path of history, of political history of the country in a way. Mm. Because when you look at Europe, of course, we talk about China, which is extreme example, and I cannot even imagine that. Uh, how the system uh, works there with the, with this censorship and so on. But when you look at other countries in Europe, like Hungary or, or Slovakia right now, you know, we kind of shown uh, uh, other countries that it's possible to for a change, the, the, the change is possible, mm. right? Yeah. And so. Without getting into uh, whether we are pro the European Union or not, because that doesn't really matter, but um, the, the European Union does play a role in uniting uh, countries, yeah, exactly. some more democratic than others. And, and I think being part of the it's Union... It's a peace project. Yeah, For exactly. It's a peace project. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Difficult topics, but very important. Um, how is the, if, if Sami, I mean, uh, you, you mentioned that there's a lot of artists and also gallerists um, that have self-exiled uh, and they, they live in this kind of diaspora globally, uh, you know, of, of Chinese uh, artists and curators and gallerists, etc. How much um, or not does this, um, let's say, community interact with each other, support each other? I mean... Outside First of, of all, I think the community, yeah, is getting bigger and bigger. Mm. There are a lot of people who is living or has already left China just in the past three years since COVID started. 
I know there are so many people who has already left, left and they are all um, relocate themselves into Europe mm -hmm. because Europe is, is, is quite open to, to artists. Um, it's very welcoming, actually. So I know people um, are no artists who move to Berlin, to London, to um, Paris. So the, the community is getting bigger and bigger. I definitely see um, there will be more interaction uh, among each other soon. And uh, also I'm showcasing, uh, for my program in London, I'm showcasing a lot of video artists who I cannot show in China. Um, and also a lot of artists who, so for example, Hong Kong and Taiwan is a, is a touchy mm -hmm. um, topic. Um, and even the artist has nothing with the politics and just because of their identity is a bit difficult to show in mainland China. So I'm hoping to show them in, in London and give them a voice. Um, that's definitely my, my goal. And also at the same time, I hope to bring you know, uh, European artists to, to China. If that is allowed in future, mm -hmm. that's, that will be my, my goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what is then your view on, let's say, Chinese collectors? Because obviously globally, if you look at uh, auction houses and the blue yeah. ship galleries globally, you know, whether it's New York or Paris, London, I mean, Chinese wealth <laughs> is very present uh, yeah. in the art industry. Yeah. Um, is there also a censorship impact on how you can collect or is that more open no that is actually a different story at least for now mm -hmm. i think they are very open and uh, the chinese collector uh, you know has an international presence everywhere um so the taste is is uh before i would say even just eight or when i started the gallery eight years ago the 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 taste of chinese collector are very um um, um, a national or original, mm -hmm. I would say. So Chinese collector would only collect Chinese art, contemporary arts. But now they kind of go out and abroad to buy international art. They're interested in Latin American, Southeast Asia. You know, uh, the taste is very international, and they don't they don't really think about censorship or anything. So that's 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 good. That's good. That's very that's interesting. A, finally, yeah. So in a way, uh, um, a, let's say a wealthy. Chinese collector with an open mind can express his or her view also a bit through the art they collect. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, to ship the work in China is another problem. <laughs> so that's why all the all the collector has a warehouse somewhere else. Mm, okay, so it maybe ends up in a warehouse in Geneva or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> free port, uh, free ports are free stocked port. with a lot of art. That's another story. Okay. Um, so, when you look into the future uh, with your respective galleries, um, let's say it's hard to predict the future, but let's say two, three years into the future, uh, what uh, what do you hope will have happened with your galleries? And yeah, any exciting news or investments or yeah, Gunya. Mm -hmm. um... I'm, uh, it's a difficult question. Of course, I have a vision of the gallery and um, uh, we are very young. I don't know, how, how old is Tabula Raza gallery? Eight years. Eight years. See, uh, my gallery is just two years. <laughs> but uh, actually, my, I, I, I actually used to study in Switzerland, mm -hmm. um, in Fribourg. So always Switzerland was kind of a direction I wanted to go. 
with my gallery and it actually happened it actually happened last year we were part of basel social club mm. and uh, i don't know if you heard about this amazing initiative uh, like completely different format of uh, not exhibition art not an art fair but art fair and uh, this is also my comparison to to the initiative a little bit uh, how uh, Philippe and Jeanette, they, they created this exhibition mm. and I'm very open for this kind of uh, ideas because I think this is the future in a way to kind of create this uh, long-term relationship between artists, between the galleries uh, through this kind of uh, events. Of course, uh, yeah, I, 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 I dream about to be in Basel in the main fair at one point, but of course uh, I have to work hard for that. But Basel Social Club kind of fulfilled our like uh, dreams in a way. Mm. Okay, so um, yeah, I actually yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sammy, go ahead. Sorry, I, I want to uh, kind of echo what um, Gunia was saying. Definitely, I love the model of doing you know project offsite project and pop up project that is that is not the traditional in a traditional art fair model. Um, I think we talk about this years and years for maybe fifty years already that um, all the gallery are tired of the art fair model, but um, there, it seems like there's no alternative. But COVID gave us another you know, a chance to restart in a way um, that I think there are a lot of collaboration among galleries uh, internationally and there are different models that comes up. Um, so yeah, so I think that's, that's also the main reason when I learn about this opportunity in Stockholm, I immediately say yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> actually this year I'm cutting a lot of art fairs. I'm doing a lot of projects like this, mm. offsite project. So we did a project in Burgundy just now and I'm going to do another one in Shanghai and, uh, and this one in Stockholm. Mm -hmm. So I think this kind of project collaboration, collaborative project works. Hmm. Um, I hope in future and um, it's definitely cheaper uh, than our fairs for sure and, um, and it's about experience in a way mm -hmm. yes it's about something else that they're real art for it's about experience like uh, in all levels not only yeah. like through art but also like uh, leisure and yeah. culinary everything yeah. comes together and it seems to work and also it's a different generation of galleries like our age let's say so so I think we found in a way uh, the new model in this uh, old art, art art world in a way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And also you got you got more uh, um, I would say outcome basically from talking to a collector that is in more in depth, right? Um, instead of just in art fair, you met what a hundred people a day and you don't remember any of your, the conversation you had. But for a project like this, you actually have time to have like an in-depth, sorrow conversation with the artist, with, with collector, with your colleague. So I think that that's very important. Yeah, I think this is very interesting. Uh, and and I, I agree with you that those kind of um, those events or platforms or communities or activities are extremely important. Having said that, obviously, um, art fairs are taking up more and more space also uh, commercially speaking in the art industry i mean there's pros and cons with that uh, but since we are on this topic of kind of um, <clears throat> commercial platform 
what role do you think a gallery will have in the next couple of years? Uh, do you think the role will change or? You know, the reason I'm cutting a lot of art fairs because mm-hmm. I used to do eight art fairs a year for a, a small gallery like me. Uh, you can imagine how crazy that um, itinerary mm-hmm. looks like. We only have four people at a time. Um, for stuff, including me. So it's a, it's a relatively small team and we have to do eight fairs a year. Um, and at the end of the year, not just I have been exhausted, but also I realized financially it doesn't make sense. Mm. Um, the gallery is not benefiting from selling um, at the art fair. We actually lose a lot of money. So I'm cutting a lot of art fair this year and I'm trying to focus and put more attention and resource and budget into the gallery program itself. Because I realize um, I would rather spend more money to do like a great show in the gallery rather than spend a lot of money elsewhere to, uh, you know, art fairs. Mm. So, yeah, that's my... No, but I understand it. I mean, there's huge costs for... And and, um, yeah, it's it's a question of where do you put your money? Where do you get most... Honestly, if we talk like commercially speaking, most return on investment. I mean, you need to be very mindful of what what investments you do as a gallery, right? Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you were asking for the role of the gallery role in the future. And I think we both mentioned this, you know, I mean, I think Sami did about the bridging, bridging this... uh, two cultures like UK and then China together in a way or doing an exchange and bridge is a, is a very good uh, word to describe what the galleries I'm actually my gallery is in Warsaw but I'm trying to bridge also Berlin because I'm partly based there and uh, Warsaw and the key of Ukraine so we kind of try to uh, be in the middle of this kind of this re- region and um, and this is a platform to 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 do all these exchanges, mm. you know. All right, but listen, I like to keep conversations short and sweet, um, and I, my listeners will obviously um, have the opportunity to meet you and the artists that you bring to Stockholm from next week onwards. There will be this CMA uh, group show, Contemporary Myths and Artifacts. Uh, It takes place at the the double space on Torsgatan um, in central Stockholm in partnership with Castellum. Uh, Originally, this uh, concept was created by Kulis Gallery uh, and it brings together then Andrin Shipchenko who has presence in, in Stockholm and Paris, a pictogram gallery from Poland, but then obviously also a Tabula Rasa gallery uh, that has been a guest on this show today, based in uh, Beijing, China and London, UK. And then Gunja Novik gallery based in Warsaw, Poland. So with that said, Sami Gunja, thank you so much for this brief encounter but very uh, mindful and important highlighting the role of art at the forefront of democracy uh, more important than ever so thank you for sharing that yeah thank you for having us thank you for having us yeah it was great okay so um, this was the art bystander with me Roland Philippe Kretschmar and all information about CMA, the group show that we talked about in today's show, will be shared in the show notes. And you can find uh, this episode on Spotify, all other streaming channels, and um, 
Instagram, Facebook, etc. So thank you. Until next time, bye bye.